the finance minister's opinion piece reminded me of was a famous remark by former by former President Bill Clinton when he said, it's the economy, stupid. <laughs> and I think that's really the basic message that comes through in this article. It brings home to us again uh, from the minister how serious our socioeconomic challenges are at the moment and what we need to do about it. And it's clear from the article that that we were already in a vulnerable situation before the COVID-19 struck us. And now what's happened in the last few months is that our socioeconomic challenges have both deepened and indeed widened. So what the article is really saying to us, that there are both short-term and long-term steps that we need to take, that we need to implement, uh, and especially the pro-growth reforms which we need for the longer term. In other words, to put it in a nutshell, the bottom line from the article is if South Africa wants to break out of its low-growth trap, it must avoid falling into a debt trap. And that's the big challenge that I think that this article again confirms for South Africa. Does it also then uh, suggest that uh, the structural reforms that he talks about is needed? And if you can break that down for us, and does the finance minister, you think, have his hand on the pulse of measures needed to revitalize our economy? Well, Elvis, I think what the minister is emphasizing is that we've got to walk the talk. I mean, that's a cliche, but it's very true. And if we don't address these structural issues, which he emphasizes, and which he says are difficult and tough. They are difficult and tough. And we're going to have to take them if we want to address these big challenges in a successful way. And particularly, he talks about the need to implement the promised government reforms on the structural front, whether it's to get inclusive growth, economic transformation, for competitiveness. He's stressing that we cannot rely only on short-term measures, We have to address the longer-term structural issues, and we need to ensure that we send out a message that we are going to seriously tackle growth, economic transformation, and indeed competitiveness. So whether it's his medium-term budget statement or other important decisions that are pending, he's saying we've got to do them sooner rather than indeed later. The country is already in junk statement, uh, in junk status uh, or in, uh, uh, investment grade, and this record shrinking of 51% of the GDP. What does that spell for the country? Well, that was the worst news. Remember, the worst impact of the lockdown was in the second quarter. So, so that sends out a signal that from there on we 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 must go up. In other words, I certainly think that the second half of this year will be better than the first half. But Mm -hmm. that's not saying very much. And what the minister is saying is we need to underpin these prospects with both short-term measures, which need to be effectively implemented, but on the other hand, we need to underpin them with the structural decisions which are needed uh, in the budget and, and indeed elsewhere, so that we get sustained growth, not just the recovery to where we might have thought we were before, but in fact, we can create a bigger, stronger, and better economy in the years ahead. And I think the important bottom line of that article is we've got to get on with us now. 
One may also argue that the call for private-public partnerships with entities such as ESCOM is not new. We've seen uh, the success stories of a telecom, for instance. But do you also believe that private investment should be sought in order to strengthen the power utility? And, and will the argument gain traction within the African National Congress? Look, also, I think it's accepted for some time that ESCOM and load shedding are the biggest single risk to the South African economy and to its recovery. And so if we want to get our, our economy to recover, it's essential that there should now be, as the minister has emphasized, security of, of electricity supply. This is the biggest single risk to our economic recovery. So all stakeholders, whether they're political or otherwise, we need to understand that we need to develop alternative sources of energy in collaboration with the private sector. I can tell you now, as we can't keep the lights on, all the other reforms are put in jeopardy. So it's tremendously important that we get that right as, as well and send out a signal that there will be certainty of security about the supply of power so that we can get the investment, the growth and the jobs that we need. So now, there are those that say or ask the question, should the Minister Mboweni be writing opinion pieces on these matters or should he rather address the concerns with relevant stakeholders? Very briefly, Professor. Well, I think, you know, I think the Finance Minister, especially in our, in our present circumstances, has to use all possible platforms to share his concerns with the nation, whether it's Parliament, NEDLAC or the media. So I think that what the Finance Minister's article makes clear is that we are in rough economic seas and that the storm signals are up. Now, under such conditions, there's only one place for the captain, and that's on the bridge. It's called leadership. And I think what we want now is to see that this leadership is apparent, that it's realistic in both both the government and the private sector, so that we can unlock the true potential of our economy Mm -hmm. and stop wringing our hands about the the very bad situation we find ourselves in, but we must identify the solutions and, above all, implement them. Professor, I thank you so much for your time. Professor Raymond Parsons from the Northwest University School of Business. There's only one place for the captain, and that at the wheel. Now, the Defence Minister Nasuvima Pisangakula has compiled and signed off a report to the President, Sir Ramaphosa, explaining why the ANC officials flew to Zimbabwe for a fact-finding mission on an Air Force jet. A Defence Department spokesperson yesterday confirmed that that report has been compiled and completed. Finding, uh, Telling us a little bit more is our SABC political reporter, Bongila Dumaku, who's following the story. He joins us. A very good morning to you, Bongila, and welcome. Good morning, good morning, Elvis. Do you know that that much-awaited report is on the president's desk uh, this morning? We are waiting for that confirmation from the president, uh, Elvis. Of course, they did let us know on Friday, on Friday when they had, when the president had ordered the minister to compile that report and tell him why that jet was used. Now we are waiting for the president again to come to us and say, yes, we've gotten the letter. This is what we're going to do next. We hope today... Uh, during the course of the day, we would have gotten a response from the presidency. Also, the ANC, which is the party that had that that was allegedly given a lift Elvis to Zimbabwe. Uh, Paul Mashadile, their treasurer general, speaking to the SABC uh, late last night, refused to comment on this matter, saying that they are also awaiting a report from the from the party delegation that they went to Zimbabwe, uh, led by the secretary general uh, uh, Isma Hashule. So. Kind of a waiting and seeing game for today, but 
hopefully and almost surely will we have gotten something that will be a way forward as to what's going to happen next why, following this scandal. Why are the opposition parties and other civil groups crying foul over this issue of this lift being offered to, to the ANC delegation? It's out of the ordinary. It's not something that we've, well, seen happen before. And I think it goes back, uh, Elvis, to this thing that uh, it would seem quite fast that uh, ANC is, is, is now able, unable to distinguish between party activities and government activities because nowhere in, in the world that uh, an Air Force can, can be used, an Air Force plane can be used for, for party-related you know, uh, trips. Because if Nafisa Ngagula was on an official trip to meet her counterpart in Zimbabwe, giving a lift to ANC members who are going, who are going to meet up with ZANU-PF uh, leaders there in Zimbabwe really is really, really amounting to misuse of uh, public funds and, uh, and, and it can't be tolerated in accordance to what the DA has also been saying as well, that how is it, how, how was it done? And then the only simple answer we got thus far at least is that she, she gave them a lift. That is not so That was our SOBC political reporter. Thank you so much, Abongile Dumarco, giving us an update there. What are you telling me? This one says, why is the president not telling us what his own transport arrangements for the Zim delegation has been before we were abducted his team? This patronizing attitude of this weak president is an irritating nuisance, says Majola. How boring SAFM has become. Some lonely callers, some bad English, some old, same old, says Prudence. Really? Spoo manifest says, bless Jumbo Africa. The request for reasons by the president should not be seen as a punishment to the minister or a faction of the African National Congress. This should be viewed in a positive light as, as the, the way that government and the ruling party's commitment to the rule of law and accountability. We have no problem with the act itself but it should be proved that law was followed to the latter by the by the by the minister on the process allowing private citizens to jet off with her these are your comments you can keep them coming we'll see you bright and early same time same place tomorrow morning ciao for now arrivederci